And suddenly, uneasily, she felt she had fallen into a trap. In the garden a secret labour was being done that she was starting to perceive. On the trees the fruits were black, sweet as honey. On the ground there were dry seeds, full of circumvolutions, like little rotting brains. The bench was stained with purple juices. The waters rustled with intense softness. The luxurious legs of a spider were fastened to the tree trunk. The crudity of the world was restful, and death was not what we thought. Hello everybody and welcome to the third episode of Tales from the Quill. I'm so excited, I can't believe we've made it to three episodes of this monthly podcast where we delve into the lives and works of different authors. And uh, from last episode you heard the wonderful uh, Michael K. Vaughan talking about H.P. Lovecraft and we have another special guest for you. I thought it would be rather nice to take some guests from around the booktube community to speak about uh, their favorite authors and today we're going to be speaking about uh, a Ukrainian-born Brazilian author with the wonderful Roz from Scally Dandling about the book so please do check out her channel all links and relevant information will of course be included in the description of this podcast so please sit back relax and enjoy. So hi Roz, thank you so much for joining me on uh, this episode today and coming in to talk about Haya Pinka Sivna Lispector or Clarice Lispector. Or Clarice, I believe. Is oh, Clarice, well yeah, I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. They Recife can be Clarice. <laughs> Clarice. Lovely to be here, Mark, and to, um, to talk about a writer that has become really important to me in recent years so yeah very happy to do that and it's we're as we speak it's women in translation month so it's really nice to talk about a a woman that i read in translation (laughs) wonderful yeah i'm really looking forward to to learning more about her about her and of course her her works Uh, Mm -hmm. as you know um she's very very new to me i I've known about her existence for probably a week. <laughs> so, you know, um, where, where have you been the last few years? You know me. I'm I'm buried in in 19th century. Yes. You yes. know. Yeah. Un, uncool stuff. <laughs> so, and, um, and, so, well, yeah, and I say to be fair, she's a writer that I've only come to relatively recently, and and but you know sometimes when. You, you and you do literally find yourself thinking, why on earth had I not heard about this author before? And but actually, I think now in 2023, she's probably a lot better known than she was, like in the, a lot better known in in the anglophone world world than she was even, you know, four or five years ago. Well, I think a lot of that has to do, as we were talking before before we pressed record, about the fact that well, back in uh, 2009. So, you know some guy Benjamin Moser wrote a biography of her and then starts you know really pushing her works and getting them retranslated re-released and that must have something I think to do with the fact that she's kind of being rediscovered yeah yeah although of course in Brazil she didn't need to be rediscovered at all did she so indeed not that she was always given the the kind of credit that she is now you know she, she did sometimes share that experience of that many women writers do of of being slightly undervalued or, or underplayed e- even though there have always been people that have said you know she's one of brazil's absolute greatest modern writers you know mm. and a, 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 a you know queen of brazilian literature um but yeah she hasn't always been sort of so i mean uh, brazil's a long way from brighton or bournemouth Bournemouth. Brighton. 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 Well, I, well, I know that with the with the football as well. That's annoying, isn't it? Because yeah. I I always confuse those two places, and it's ridiculous. And I I said Brighton first. You is, did. You did. Yeah, and, and like the only thing that Bournemouth has over Brighton 
okay it's a sandy beach ah <laughs> uh, well you know who needs a sandy beach eh when you've got Brighton, so, you know whether it's the copacabana beach of brazil mm -hmm. or the pier at uh, brighton how on earth did you come to know Clarissa Lispector. I mean, how, how did she first come into your life? Well, I, one thing that you know about me, um, Mark, that some of the people listening may know is um, that I, I have this particular enthusiasm for reading um, literature from other parts of the world than, than, than where I live, as it were, you know, and, and I'm, I'm doing this read an author from every country of the world sort of a long-term project and I've been doing that for a while and um so I was interested in reading um a woman author from Brazil and someone mentioned Lispector to me and suggested it was booktube that 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 finally kind of like pushed me over the edge in discovering Lispector because someone um mentioned and suggested it to me in a they, they were talking about reading her and um i embarked on a buddy read i think it was mark nash um who you know many of us know and love on on in in the bookish bookish sort of world social media world and i, I hope you're going to invite him sometime to come and do one of these it'll be interesting i mean i because I, I, I mean he's an author himself yeah. Uh, I suppose he could talk about himself, though, of course, that doesn't fit my parameter of being deceased yeah. yet. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> that would be a bit too creepy, I suppose. Yeah, but... <laughs> and he's brains in death, but I think that would be a little creepy. Yes. <laughs> but, so, but yes. you so had this buddy, so it was a buddy read. It was a booktube buddy read that, that honed me in on reading, yeah, my, my first Respecter novel, which curiously actually was the last one that she wrote, and that was Hour of the Star. Mm -hmm. um, which was published like literally in the year year that she died and then she has one more that's published posthumously but but mm -hmm. um yeah and um and it was february of 2019 mm -hmm. and it was an absolute revelation you know when you when you discover a new author and you're just um knocked out by the quality of the writing and the unique quality mm. different you know it's like I have never read someone like this author before yeah mm, interesting and and I mean uh, you mentioned of course reading from every country of the world or trying to read from every country of the world mm. I don't know to put you on the spot how many have you done so far oh I've got um 17 left to go out of to go. Mm -hmm. out of 196 um uh -huh. there's a few also country or almost countries that yeah. i'm also reading but essentially 100 out of the 196 yeah uh and i've got books lined up for about for three more countries two three more countries and then i've i've got a rump of around 14 15 that are going to be really hard okay. you know little island nations and micro states so yeah. i'll get them in the end <laughs> and are you including some like overseas territories in that as well or uh, no, although I, I I do think that if I'm if I'm stuck trying to get to those those last say fourteen, um, I will I, I will read more of the the almost countries you know places like um, Somaliland is on my list now mm -hmm. um, you know not universally recognised but um, Kosovo is another I've already done sort of Kurdistan you know that all those places that are mm -hmm. trying to be countries and mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, more overseas territories as well, because it's particularly French-speaking ones. There's so many. France has a tendency to hang on to places <laughs> surreptitiously, as does America, in fact. You know, I should read something from Puerto Rico, shouldn't I? Well, and, I think uh, we've got, I don't know, we we being the British, I think we've got yeah. maybe 13, something yeah, like that. True, true. So, yeah, true, um, yeah. true. But the reason I mention that as well is because with uh, Clarissa, she's not Brazilian really is she? oh that's interesting now I, I don't say that to a brazilian <laughs> they will be deeply offended well not brazilian <laughs> born shall i say yeah. at least. so yes let's so let's talk about that and i think i think um i think it's fair to say that a, a sort of coming from a, a migrant background is relevant to her writing so you know i, I think that that's fair but an awful lot of brazilians have you know it's a it's a nation that is 
made up of quite a mixture of 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 indigenous and mm -hmm. and, and 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 immigrant sort of people isn't it but uh, both both voluntary and involuntary but yes no Clarice was born in um uh, sort of small place in in what's what's now Ukraine um in the sort of southwest so close to Poland and mm -hmm. Moldova you know that that area her family were Jewish um it was 1920 so you know chaos famine pogroms um and they fled into I think initially Romania and then managed to take ship from Hamburg to to Brazil um so you know very much the 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 penniless migrant background but she was only a baby she was she yeah. was not yet not yet two when she arrived in Brazil. and mm -hmm. she was it, it although I think they spoke Yiddish at home her parents nevertheless she considered herself she considered Portuguese you know Brazilian Portuguese as her native tongue you know that that's what she always spoke um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so so yeah uh, Brazilian but yes from a European a European background yeah, because I, I was surprised looking, you know, looking her up and, and seeing like how quickly um, her family changed their names. Like they literally changed their names on arrival. Now, I've heard of this being done like when immigrants came to Ellis Island in America and, you know, the immigration people either couldn't spell or couldn't be bothered or just changed yeah. the names themselves. But apparently this was a, a conscious decision. So Pinkass becomes... I can't remember. I think like uh, I had it earlier, no. wherever it was. Um, he becomes Pedro. Yes. Uh, yep. Her mother Mania becomes Marietta. Uh, mm -hmm. Her sister Leia becomes Alyssa, and Kaya, which is Clarice, of course, becomes Clarice. It's just her um, her older sister. Uh, Tanya. Uh, Tanya. Tanya. It's the same name. Yeah. Yeah, because they obviously felt that sounded. You know, it's it worked in Portuguese, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, it's actually a very cool name, Lispector. It's not. I don't even really know. I don't know if I've ever come across it before, and and it just yeah, I don't know if it has any meaning or, or what. But it's it's no, pretty cool. I've never looked it up actually. Yeah, mm. I associate it so firmly with her that I have, yes, because I wonder if there are Lispectors in in Ukraine still or, or or that you know those neighboring areas of poland and, and moldova i wonder it's, it's yeah. probably unlikely unfortunately i guess given of course what happens between her leaving ukraine and and, and you know and, and whatnot yeah. but um so obviously they have the name changes they try to to you know they settle down to life there they're living in recife um so in in the northeast it, not in the most sort of prosperous part of Brazil and it, it, he his her father who's a very sort of educated man but he he he's sort of I think he's sort of trading rags initially and then you know, becomes a merchant and you know but you know he's just very focused on um giving his family a, a you know some sort of life and really enthusiastic about his daughter's education and isn't that interesting when you see that in the lives of women writers sometimes that there's a like a key parent one or the other you know can be either that just says you know at a time when women's education wasn't necessarily such a priority you know just takes the view that no education is your is your way out of um the difficult situation we've been and we're in and, and you know we should really really go for it and I'm gonna really support you to do that. I think, unfortunately, though, in in uh, Clarice's case, it's it's you know circumstances intervene that mean that it is, of course, her father that becomes the parent that does this. Yeah. 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 It's yes. Her mother. I mean, it seems like, and there, there's a there's it seems like her mother was injured um, by their uh, bad things that happened to them you know at the time they were fleeing ukraine there's there's a sort of persistent story that 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 she was raped there's actually no firm historical evidence for that but but certainly she was you know disabled and um frail and and she died when um when Clarice was nine 
So, well, Wikipedia gives it as a mystery illness, I think. Yeah. But something else I read suggested it was possibly syphilis brought on through being raped. Yeah. And then something else I read suggested that Clarissa's birth was oh. to do with some kind of folk belief that pregnancy and giving birth could be a kind of cure for syphilis. I don't know. Uh, you know, the I'm, thing I'm, is, I'm, 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 I'm skeptical in a way because I think one of the things about Lispector's writing is that it is so kind of odd and exceptional. Mm -hmm. So I think then people want to put things into her family history and background to kind of explain that, uh, you know, so so almost people are looking for something, you know, a little added layer of drama. And I'm not sure you need more drama than being, a, a, a you know, fleeing, fleeing problems and and arriving in a new country, you know, having to learn the language and having not a penny to your name. You know, that that and uh, um, that might be enough. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I, the thing is as well, I mean, it really was chaotic. It, I mean, it wasn't just, of course, the pogroms. You've got the, the, the Russian Civil War is ongoing. At yes. the end of the First World War, you have even the, the, the Polish uh, wars and stuff against Ukraine and all this kind of stuff. Um, even at that point, uh, part, of, part of Ukraine was, was part of Czechoslovakia as well you know so there are a lot of uh, things that would have uh, made it perfectly understandable why they why they had to leave yes um so she loses her mum she's nine years old yeah. that's got to be very difficult uh of course um but as you say her father encourages her education uh she ends and up she's going... obviously really got the smarts hasn't she mm -hmm. the impression you have is she was a very bright little girl yeah um, you know, she, she, the sort that, you know, and and she says that she 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 knew she wanted to write from the age of about eleven. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She goes to the the Hebrew Yiddish uh, Brazilian college. Yeah. Um, she ends up in what in Europe I guess we call a gymnasium or a grammar school basically. Yes. Um, she's heavily influenced by the likes of Dostoevsky and Hermann Hesse, especially. Yeah. Uh, you know, so these kind of things really push that that desire to write. And of course, perhaps somewhat unusually, she goes on to university. Yeah. Well, they moved to Rio when she was in her teens. Yeah. And uh, the uh, apparently because you know her father thought it would offer his daughters more opportunities you know for, for for a better future and yes and then you know she gets into the the law school a very prestigious you know part of of of, of the university there so although you know she never she doesn't it doesn't sound like she loved law you know it, it sounds like it was like you know um it offered opportunities but writing was what she wanted to do and 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 she was already working as a journalist when she was a student so and of course, she publishes her first her first novel while she's at university. Yeah. I think she's only twenty three. I mean, that's yeah. that pretty young. Yeah, and and her her she in fact she publishes her first short story when she's twenty um, or nineteen even I think. And her at the same that same year her father dies, so she's yeah. fully orphaned in nineteen forty. So by the time she's twenty, she's yeah she's a student. She's or a, a, a just published writer and yeah no 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 parents so yeah a, a, not an easy start <laughs> not at all not at all um yeah. i don't know I, I didn't see really how th there's not a lot of information online maybe of course in in um in moses uh, biography but about the relationship between the sisters um whether or not they um you know because she's the youngest so do they support her how how is she do you know anything in, in your readings whether yes. or not yes i mean i haven't read moses biography i i i haven't because i very rarely read biographies of authors that i really love mm -hmm. um because i always feel it's there's like almost like an and and especially not autobiographies but you know, um, because there's always that risk that somehow 
uh, they'll I'll I'll lose my love for them in finding out too much about them. <laughs> that, that sounds odd, doesn't it? There we go. So no, I haven't read his biography. Although apparently, it is very good. But my understanding is that no, she was very close to her sisters, and one of the we'll, we'll, we'll go on, I think, to talk about her, you know, her her life as a, a diplomat's wife. Mm. But it, one of the things she was corresponding with her sisters all the time, and when she came back to Brazil, she would see them, and she missed them a lot. Um, so I think that uh, the impression one has is that the three of them were pretty pretty close, and uh, yeah, relied well, on. That's, that's that's nice to know, especially when. You know, she loses both parents so yeah. young. I mean, basically yeah. within ten years, I suppose, of each other. And it's quite sad as well because it was actually just a botched operation, wasn't it? Yeah. She loses her father. He went for some gallbladder operation. It was botched, and he passed right. away. So yeah. Um. So yeah, we mentioned that. Uh, so she, well, while she's at university, she publishes her first uh, novel after having already written uh, for a good few years short stories dabbled in journalism um yeah. and the first novel is near to the wild heart yeah it like interestingly um f for me at the time when she was writing it so she was being a student she was being a journalist um she also had a, she, a, 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 apparently um a, um a sort of a, a setback in love as it were which because uh, she uh, sort of fell in love with um the poet and novelist um lucio cardoso mm -hmm. um who but he's gay and so and apparently that was uh, you know it was like another loss i suppose although they be became really close friends and remained really close friends but but so so she she you know loses both parents and then she um uh, yes is sort of disappointed in what she thought was going to be a great love and she'd yeah misunderstood um and is that seen in in the writing uh, like, yeah uh, I would say so. yes yeah absolutely and you know i'm i'm someone who resists explaining what writers of fiction put in their books mm -hmm. by experiences from their life but i in a way i don't think you can get away from that altogether with respect because her writing is so feels so personal not autobiographical but personal mm. so um yes i think uh, you know that uh, a sort of experience of a broken heart is probably really you know important in her writing and 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 that first book near to the wild heart um you know which she she was was published um in 1943 just after she married in fact so we we should talk about that in a sec but it is a, a book about a, a young woman a kind of it's about an adolescent girl and then moving into into womanhood and um yeah in fact it follows her from her childhood sort of you know it's a it's a buildings roman i suppose mm -hmm, sort of, mm -hmm. you know and and um yes of of of, of joanna and and um and her marriage and how it, all those sort of dilemmas about um, oh, self-knowledge and self-enlightenment mm -hmm. and choices mm -hmm. as a mm -hmm. girl and a woman and and feeling that you're um, different and maybe special. I mean, from what I understand, though, this kind of thing is a big thing throughout her, her works anyway, the whole human experience. And as you say, oh, this absolutely. kind of thing, which I'm sure will come on to you mentioned the fact that this was published just after she got married so she wasn't broken hearted for too well, long, Not for uh, too you long see, uh, uh, I think there's a you know different, different views about that because there's a slight perhaps hint that it's sort of like she she um it, there's an element of she's disappointed in her in in one and goes for something somebody somebody she's known as a fellow student somebody who's um from a sort of good Catholic family, uh -huh. so getting away uh -huh. from the uh -huh. sort of uncertainty of her immigrant background, um, someone who's just been, you know, has been accepted into the foreign service for, you know, the equivalent of the foreign office, so he's going to be a diplomat, you know, so there's a bit of, like, she is still, because she's only 22, mm. uh, yeah. Did, Element uh, of rebound. Did you know <laughs> some, some kind of rebound plus some kind of settled known yeah. quantity perhaps yeah, yeah choosing yeah. choosing a bit of security 
at that point. Which well, she needs maybe, it, I think. Which she, she probably needed, but maybe she then slightly comes to, to regret. regret. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I didn't realise when you said that her, her husband, um, uh, what's his name, Mari Gurgel Valente, Yes. Um, you mentioned he came uh, came from a strong Catholic family, and it's interesting because one one of the things I read was part of the reason uh, they moved to Rio de Janeiro while the father was still alive was in the hope that she would find a nice Jewish boy to marry. Yeah. So I mean, do you know? I mean, if if she goes off and marries a, a Catholic, that whether or not I guess the whole Jewish thing or even the religion thing in general is of any consequence to her? Do you know? Um, I would say that a sort of spiritual quality Mm -hmm. and uh, that almost the existential quest for a higher power, God, Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. is, you know, and a degree of sort of mysticism, probably influenced by Jewish mysticism, you know, mm-hmm. all of that is very much in her writer, but she is not, um, she's, uh, uh, you know, not denominational. She uh-huh. opts uh-huh. not being um, Jewish or Catholic or, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I was, I was wondering that. So mm. as you say, he works, he works for the, the, the foreign service. Now she has to overcome a small hurdle in order to marry him though. <laughs> She has to naturalize. Yeah. I noticed she didn't have to convert, though, which surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. But she does have to naturalize. She does have to become a Brazilian citizen. Mm. And 11 days after she become one, she becomes one. She marries. Uh, she marries this uh, girl, girl fella. And yeah. I suppose he is kind of her, you know, um, as you say, ticket to some form of security. But th- th- there's not much in terms of being settled though while she's married to him because he's in the foreign service they embark on all sorts of adventures yeah yeah first they go up to the sort of amazonian part of brazil and Mm -hmm. and then they're off then they're off to naples in naples in 1944 so you know in the throes of world war ii and Mm -hmm. for someone of a jewish background you know interesting to say the least you know to be in yeah Italy in, in in 1944 and it, it she she does that she sort of you know the, and I I didn't even know till I read about her that the there was a Brazilian expeditionary force there fighting on behalf of the allies yeah it, who knew I mean people, obviously World War II historians did and Brazilians but I didn't <laughs> well I think people often forget just to what degree it really was a world war yeah you know in terms of how many countries do do get involved yeah. um, and but you know as well a lot of I, I can't remember off the top of my head when Brazil comes in but mm-hmm. there are a whole spate of countries that do come in yeah. pretty much when it's getting wrapped up I mean by the time she gets to Naples it's not fascist Italy anymore yeah you, no, you've no. got you know they've moved the Germans have they've moved up north here yeah. so I mean she's yeah. well she doesn't know if they can come back but the allies have already invaded um, yes. you know southern Italy so yeah. does have that bit of um security but as you say yeah she gets involved doesn't she with the uh with uh, helping out with the uh, uh yeah. injured injured brazilian troops and and so on yeah so interesting early married life uh, i'd say yeah. but at the same time you know she's writing yeah. and, and that's one of the striking things about her you know her throughout her life and it, it always interesting as a woman writer, you know, she she's you know she's following her husband around for her job, and you know she goes on to babies and you know having to be a diplomat's wife. She never stops writing, even if there's periods when she isn't getting published. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, so that was when she was writing um, the Chandelier, her second novel, which it was published in 1946, but she was you know writing it sort of through, as far as we understand, sort of 44 and 45. Yeah. And then well, she, gets, she also gets um she also gets uh, near to the wild heart actually gets translated probably for the first time into italian doesn't it yes. well, any language i imagine but uh by by uh, some poet that she meets mm. Uh, mm. Just yeah. so that's that's interesting and they become good friends there's no suggestion that there's anything no. more again there might be in 
uh, of course, the uh, biography. But um, you know, it's it's always easy to just assume there's more than friendship, right? So <laughs> these kind of people. Indeed, and and both those two novels were highly acclaimed, critically acclaimed. Uh, you know, uh, which is worth saying. You know, this this was, you know, she was immediately, you know, and early on recognised as a really important, innovative new voice in um in sort of Brazilian literature. Um, you know, at 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 that point in the nineteen forties. Um, well, that's the important thing as well. She she is new. I mean, her yeah. this, as, as far as you know Brazilian literature goes, she is something that yeah, is completely brand new, very um, modern, and yeah. and hasn't been seen before. And what is interesting is people um, uh, assume that she's been influenced by modernists like um, Joyce and Wolf, um, and she very firmly turned around and said that she hadn't read either of them before she wrote her first couple of books. You know, so it, who who knows? But you know, she certainly claimed. Well, it, it, I mean, it's interesting. Of course, you you mention Wolf because she's often compared uh, yeah. to her. Oh, um, the famous the famous quote. Give us the famous, famous quote. quote. You know, look looks like Marlena Dietrich and writes like Virginia Woolf. She yeah. didn't like that though, did she? <laughs> well, you know, who what woman likes to be defined by what other women she's like? Yeah. Well, of course it's the men doing the defining, which yeah. I think she has an issue with Absolutely. there. <laughs> Quite rightly, of course. So. Quite rightly, but it but it but it does for, for anyone who's not familiar with her, um uh, you know. It is not a bad summary. You know, she was a very strikingly beautiful woman in an unusual way, you know, mm -hmm. and she had a, a mm -hmm. kind of unusual unusual look. Um, and yes, you know, if, if, if I love Lispector, I'm sure one of the reasons why I love Lispector is because I previously read and loved Virginia Woolf. Not that I feel that they're the same or that she was interested, you know, but just it's like if you're someone who loved, who, who if you're someone who can enjoy reading Woolf, Lispector is, you know, um, a good author to move on to. Well, Woolf is often thought of as being one of those, you know, in inverted commas, hard authors, isn't it? difficult uh, authors to read oh. by some people. And it's, it's interesting because someone actually brought this up regarding Lispector herself, didn't they? They said mm -hmm. to her, you know, you are like a, a difficult author, and she was really surprised by it. Yeah. She was like, what do you mean? You know, I write children's books. We'll, we'll probably <laughs> talk about it a bit, but she did write yeah. books for children as well, you see. So, yeah. you know, um, and, and, I, and, I, and I think um, that it, if you, it, which, oh, if you read her novels, you get a slightly different specter than you get in her short stories and no doubt although I haven't read them in her children's books and in her journalism so so it's like she almost saves her most um extreme adventures in writing for her novels yeah I think that was so, yeah so poor old poor old Clarice what happens to her then um she gets moved to Switzerland <laughs> to Berlin with her husband and <laughs> Oh no! They just, just apparently she was bored to tears with Switzerland. <laughs> now there may be Swiss people out there, okay, listening to this. Um, but you know, I, I've I've been to Switzerland. It's very beautiful, but I do understand the concept of of a Brazilian being 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 bored in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a there's a thing in front of me here where it says it was yeah, a time of considerable boredom and frustration yeah. she was often depressed and when writing to her sister she said this Switzerland sister Tanya so I guess they're obviously in touch uh, this, this Switzerland is a cemetery of sensations <laughs> <laughs> yes I mean unless you're doing downhill skiing I, I think that's about right but oh, something happens in Switzerland, which I guess, of course, you know, is is a nice thing for her. Oh, she's a baby. She's a baby. Yeah, her son. Yeah, her first son. But also, she brings out her third novel. She does indeed. She does. <laughs> indeed. See, she, I think that that may that it may have been sort of already written when she she moved, but yeah, it got it got published uh, sort of uh, around the same time. I think it was published in 1949, so just after. Her son was born, but I think she she 
it was had already you know she was writing it when she first moved and when um and when she was pregnant um that's one of her books that i haven't read so mm -hmm. it's it's i've i've read most of her novels but there's a couple that i haven't and um that that one i'm i'm waiting to get to it it hasn't um uh it didn't sort of call to me as fast as some of the others um and uh, but i uh, yeah I, I i she's one of those rare writers for me where i've i've got a kind of a completist urge you know where i feel like i will end up reading everything she's written yeah or certainly all the novels i mean it's nice that her son is named after her father yes well, even with his portuguese name i suppose yeah, not yeah. Named, uh, yeah. um but what i was going to ask you i mean looking through as i say i i haven't read uh, any of her novels I mentioned I only read the first three stories or so from her collected stories but you know she's living in all these different places she's living in Italy she's living in Switzerland mm -hmm. and yet she's still writing these stories or writing these books and they're all set in Brazil yeah yeah it doesn't seem to have any kind of uh I don't know if it happens later on with any other novels or whether they're all set firmly in Brazil but it is interesting that it doesn't seem like she's inspired to set something you know. Certainly not in Switzerland. Yeah. Certainly not in Switzerland. Yeah, maybe it's too no. so boring. Yes, you can't write anything about it. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And I mean, they do go back and visit Brazil, but, but I mean, because they, they live out of the country for you know, when did they go? They go in is it 40, 44 and they she moves back in nineteen fifty nine, which will will come to. So you know, for fifteen years. So apart from vis visits, you know, it's fifteen years of of uh, kind of like exile from from her her country and yes every, all, all, all the novels that she writes then you know and the short stories like do, yeah she's not looking to set them in 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 Europe it's not that she doesn't I don't I think I'm sure she develops ideas and experiences and you know her her, her languages and so on while she's living in Europe but she doesn't yeah embrace uh, yeah. And her novels are so as i say i think it comes back to this personal thing and you know and her novels are so in some of them are so interior and um that i uh, i'm not sure it would occur to her to set something in mm -hmm. somewhere other than the country of her birth and the country that she loves yeah. But uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But no, they're all they're all set there. Mm. Um, so she goes back to Brazil for a bit. They spend almost a year there, and then uh, her husband gets posted as a kind of trade delegate to uh, to England. Uh, yes. And they spend uh, spend about six months uh, in England, uh, mm -hmm. which apparently she likes, although she does unfortunately suffer uh, miscarriage while she's there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, they head yes. back she, to. She does, uh, we're happy to say that she just seemed to be more positive about England than 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 Switzerland. Yeah. But maybe maybe it was just a che more cheerful time in her life. You don't really know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was down in the West Country. So, yeah, she was know. in Torquay, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah it seems um, like a touristy. <laughs> I wonder. If she, I wonder if she stayed at Forty Towers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the English Riviera. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh. So, you know, they, they go back to Brazil again, and mm -hmm. of course, uh, by 1952, they move to the US of A. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take us back one step, just yeah, to do. say that one thing she did say about living in Switzerland, and, and so this is, this, I suppose, the European experience, is she, 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 did find it interesting living somewhere with that longer history mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so you know in you know all the cities in brazil are uh you know in in european terms relatively new you know whereas someone like Bern, you know it's like you know she said she talked about uh, you know it, like the best thing for her there was like living in the middle ages you know yeah. that and and that 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 did influence the besieged city um that book so because I think you know quite often the places she writes are sort of not entirely some of them are quite literal um uh but others in a sense say that they're somewhere between fiction and reality so yeah 
uh, but uh, as I say, because I haven't yet read the Besieged City, I can't say for sure, but it may have a slightly more European sort of um, atmosphere. Yeah. Well, you see, the anyway. thing with the Besieged City, yeah. it wasn't, it, it didn't seem like it was super positively received, though. No. I mean, uh, she's done no. really well, the first two novels, then this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not that great. And then, of course, that, I mean, we'll come back to her life in a bit, oh. but that does impact, I think, on a couple of her later works. I mean, I think that the, the next one, Apple in the Dark, she even finds it difficult to get a publisher. Oh, yeah. It shows the, the fickle nature of the publishing industry. I, she has one book that's, like, not quite yeah. on it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But also, I imagine being out of the country, you know, you're not, you, you know, like, you're not networking with other writers and the publishing world and you know so so you know you're at um yeah, you're that's at true, a, isn't it? that's true yeah. i mean it must be weird to try and yeah. write write uh, books for your you know your national market and not actually living there and not yeah. dealing with it yeah. i mean it's it's yeah it's something i suppose you don't really think of but she's in washington she, the family moved to washington uh, Washington DC uh, oh. they live in Maryland and there of course her second son uh, Paolo is born uh, but she again she's not overly infused with life in America <laughs> um, she she writes about it you know the 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 life of a diplomat's wife in America, and I'll 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 I'll, I'll do the quote this time. Um, you know, she she writes later and said, "I hated it, but I did what I had to do. I gave dinner parties. I did everything you're supposed to do, but with a disgust." You know, and that's quite a strong way to describe, you know, your feeling about having to take on that life. And and her sisters, you know, like said that she would never, you know, yes, she did the job, but she she never really wanted to be conventional about it you know mm. she didn't fully embrace it I suppose. well because i mean if it also fits in with the idea that you know she didn't for for a long while and probably during this mm. period as well doesn't consider herself to be a professional author you know oh, she no. is she is basically i think even how she's viewed or in her mind as a, yeah. at this time she's a housewife who has yeah. a hobby writing books yeah. <laughs> Although you know she is, she's she 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 as I say, she never stops writing short stories. She's always seems to be working on a novel. She's also doing bits of journalism. You know she's she's um, uh, you know sending newspaper columns back. But you know she's trying to keep all that live. Um, and I suppose the good thing about being a, 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 a diplomat's wife is you know they what's the famous quote about you know the the you know it's the the baby the baby in the prime in the hallway is the you know ruin of a woman's woman author you know it, obviously she will always have had help you know she, she won't have had to do all the domestic mm, stuff mm, you know. mm, but mm. on the other hand it you know as, as a diplomat's wife it, it, you are expected to take a certain role in terms of you know um hostessing or hostessing or hosting yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what i can say these days hosting that there we go that's yeah. better isn't it? Yeah. hospitality maybe or hospitality yeah, yeah yeah so but yeah so <laughs> but and and she does uh, and you know she is one of the great writers of the female mind and the female experience and and she writes about every age of woman you know from girl through to sort of middle age and 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 she she does write really interestingly from the perspective of the sort of uh, yeah the, the 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 relatively comfortably off housewife you know that mm -hmm. is one of the 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 women that she inhabits in her writing which you know is not a kind of uh, I don't know, apparently glamorous thing to, to write about, although she does it with her own in a very I mean, distinctive that, way. Does that limit her appeal, the fact that she is so, as you say, so adept at writing the different stages of womanhood so that, you know, men, okay, can read her, but they're not going to get the same thing out of it because it's not something, of course, they can relate to, is it? Oh, that's interesting. 
I, I mean, I've the when I've buddy read um, Respect, I've, I've I've done that with I said Mark Nash, also with Alan of Big Hub Books and Classics, also with Una um, of Codex Cantina. So all men. Um, I've most and they've all got loads out of here. So you know, as I say, coincidentally, I've I've experienced the 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 male readers' experience of reading the spectre. And I, I think you know sometimes it's it's it, we really value the opportunity to get inside um, uh, uh, the mind of someone different from ourselves. And mm -hmm. you know, if you want to get inside a. a uh, a female mind yeah respect as one of the the roots yeah cool yeah. um so they're in america for around uh, i think uh seven years or so just under seven years and things change don't they yeah 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 and um she's definitely more and more unhappy in her in her marriage and it just i mean you know uh I'm not inside her head, but uh, you know, as far as we know, she was, yeah, frustrated and and unhappy, and ultimately she she ups up sticks and heads back to Brazil, yeah, and um, with Pedro and Paulo, with Pedro and Paulo, indeed, indeed. So 1959, yeah, she leaves, she leaves, she leaves him, leaves old Mary, and um, which must have been. A pretty shocking thing to do in 1950. I mean, I think to an extent that you know it was probably presented as you know, oh, going back to Brazil for a break. Or, you know, you can imagine how you'd kind of deal with it at the time, and and they don't actually get sort of divorced as such for another decade, I think. But but you know, big deal to walk out. Well, I think part of it though, I mean, it, because they've got the two boys. That does provide a good excuse for returning to one's own country because yeah. education, schooling, however good, of course, it could be in America, they might want their children educated in Brazil. Yeah? So um, yeah. that does provide some some cover. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it must it must have been um, a, a big thing, but then probably not wholly surprising, as, as you said, because of her feelings of uh, to, towards Cardoso and stuff. And it was maybe that she she settled with this guy because he happened to come along at the right time yeah. maybe and yeah perhaps it isn't it isn't a big surprise um that this yeah. that this happens um so you know this, and, the sad thing sorry go on well and 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 i i think though again you know i really um you know i was i'm always wary of you know making assumptions about writers and so on but you know one has the impression that she may have experienced depression yeah. On in her life, and you know, so and well, so she may. She does yeah. have this. Uh, certainly has this um, experience of, of depression, as you say. I mean, because we're, if going back to that quotation about Virginia Woolf, um, mm. you know, she she has issue with it because of the way she envisages Virginia or believes Virginia Woolf handled her own depression, and that yeah. by taking her own life, whereas. As you said to me before we started recording that you know her her attitude was very much you know whatever life throws at you you just got to carry on you yeah. know yeah I, yeah and she 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 saw wolf as having you know given up and opted out and you know and we you know with our you know better understanding of mental health you know might think that was that's quite a cruel thing to think about wolf who who had you know carried on through years of of very painful mental health um and you know kept writing and and kept you know lift getting you know survive you know was surviving and mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. uh, you know there's a there's a day when you don't and you know but certainly it, it and it's and it's not a sort of a catholic disapproval of of of, of suicide or whatever it, it's a, it's a more sort of moral sense of you don't you don't give up you you you, you put up with things and you keep going yeah so uh yeah the next the next two books uh family ties apple in the dark there's problems aren't there problems in in, in, in you know financially for her um, she, she, she's, really, 
yeah, she's struggling and people don't, you know, she's she hasn't got a publisher and, you know, and she's Apple in the Dark. She apparently started writing when they were living in England. You know, it, it's it's been brewing for some time, you know, and and, um, you know, so it's it, it's 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 hard for her at this point to to, uh, you know, so this idea that she was always celebrated in Brazil, you know, as you well, say, it's five years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's five years between her finishing Apple in the Dark and actually getting oh. it published, which is yeah, probably quite a yeah. long time. Considering she does have a couple of, you know, big successes under her belt, you know. That, oh. Oh. That is, so uh, she gets, so she gets, she, some of her short stories have been coming out sort of mm -hmm. in, in the meantime, and she gets, and then, you know, so a, 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 a notable short story collection published in 1960, and then it seems like that was the facilitated Apple in the Dark being published in, in, in 1961. I haven't read the Apple in the Dark. Uh, I and um uh whereas the besieged city is perhaps her her least liked book. Um, I think the reason that I haven't yet read the Apple in the in the dark, although I will, is that it's the one with a male protagonist. Mm -hmm. Now, actually, you know, and now I think about it, perhaps that's the reason to read it and see what she does with a male protagonist. But you know, all, all her other books are essentially. Um, you know, it's not they don't have major male characters, and that we're not sometimes sort of following their thoughts and experiences. But but it's the only one she writes where the the central character is 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 a man, and um, uh, and a wonderfully weird one because he he believes he's killed his wife okay. and sort of flees to the uh, you know backlands of Brazil, believing he's he's. <laughs> He's, he's 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 killed his life but it's uh, killed his wife it, it was it was considered best novel of the year in brazil you know so it was it was it was well well recognized she also has a love affair around this time apparently but with a married man um another writer poet again mm. paulo mendes Campos. um brief as far as we know but um yeah but she's moving into a period of what I would see as her peak um, artistic sort of um, uh, production. Mm -hmm. uh, because um, the next novel she publishes um, in 1964 is A Passion According to G.H. And, and, you know, that is one of her, well, you know, because she has a limited number of novels, I suppose, you know, there's, probably about half of them uh, you'd see as her top works but it, the passion according to gh is a really extraordinary book um it's it's a book with a plot but the plot of it is and you know there's no no embarrassment about spoilers about this plot the plot is there's this kind of well-off woman living in a flat and her her maid has left and she goes in to sort out the maid's room and finds that the maid has drawn some really weird kind of like figures on the on the wall. And then she sits down on the bed and she sees a cockroach in the in the empty wardrobe, squishes the cockroach, uh, kind of goes off on a bit of a you know fever dream, um, eats some of the the sort of sticky white stuff that's come out of the cockroach and has a bit of a sort of a, a, a mystical and spiritual epiphany. There you go, and that's Kafka-esque, isn't it? I mean, it is. I... Yeah, it's it's the one that people say, "Oh, that's really." It's I didn't actually. It isn't Kafka-esque. I mean, it you know, it isn't. It isn't. I think that sort of um, that diminishes both Kafka and her because it's so different. But, well, I did read a quote that said she yeah. was the most important Jewish author since Kafka, or something. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, in my mind. But so she, she she publishes this book and then you know she does have a few more successes in it, but she suffers a terrible accident. Disaster. Disaster. Yeah, she um she uh, and it's interesting one wonders how well she was in herself at the time, but apparently she she took a sleeping pill fell asleep with a cigarette in her hand and set fire to herself in her bed and, you know, was badly burnt, badly burnt to, in the, to the extent of, you know, permanent damage, losing, you know, 
they're more or less having a hand amputated, damaged her legs, you know, and we know that the rest of her life she was in 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 pain and it you know it affected her sort of movement and and, and mobility and so on so uh, yeah a, a, a major life event yeah in 1966 she actually affect her writing to the point where uh, it's noticeable or because you said she's she's heading towards this great period so after yeah. the books, uh, we won't go through them individually because I, I don't want to keep you super long. But yeah. after the Passion, according to GH, we have a few more. Oh, this is the woman, the woman who killed fish, an apprentice, or Book of Pleasures. Then we have Covert Joy. Where were you at night? Well, some of these are children's books, right. that, and collections of short stories. And I think uh, so. There's an element of needing to publish some things for the income, mm -hmm. but um, the Apprenticeship or the Book of Pleasures is another, you know, pretty extraordinary book, slightly more accessible. And there's a, a slight, it is, it's, it's the nearest she writes to a love story. The scepter isn't. Mm -hmm. um, and but uh, you know, uh, you get the feeling that she was perhaps trying after the weirdness of Passion, according to GH to publish some you know you get the feeling maybe that her publisher might have said to her could you give us something that would be slightly easier to sell you know? mm -hmm. <laughs> and 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 she does but then in 1973 she brings out agua viva which is my personal favorite of all her books and is as experimental as anything anything that she's written and anything you could care to read what is interesting, though, when you say what impact did the accident have on her um, writing, is that she acquires a kind of a friend and assistant, um, Olga um, Borelli, who is an ex-nun, um, and, you know, really in very practical ways supports her so that she can continue to write. Um, yeah, so an important figure. But Agua Viva is a knockout book. It, you know, it, that it, it, it's in my... You know, if you if you had to if you forced me to say, you know, Rose, what are your top top ten books ever? You know, Agua Viva is up there. Oh, it's interesting. I, I was expecting you to say like my top books from her, but it's actually yeah, one yeah. of the top ten books ever. Well, that's great. It 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 really doesn't have a plot at all. Um, <laughs> it's an artist just thinking about things and sort of. It's it's got a kind of sensual, spiritual, mystical element. You know, it's about the meaning of life and, you know, and is there a higher power and what are we here for and what is art? But um, but not in a pretentious way. It's it's like a kind of it's sort of stream of consciousness, but it's also it's playing with language and images and and it's it's it it's like an abstract painting. That's how I describe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The closest you come to a really good abstract painting in words or, a, you know, bits of it like, like. And is that the one you would recommend the people listening to this to start with? No, no, <laughs> no I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd start with either her first or her last book. So I'd, I'd start with either Near to the Wild Heart or The Hour of the Star um which was the last the last book that was published in her lifetime but but then and then move on to the passion and agua agua viva i would say and then do also read the chandelier and the apprenticeship um but you know those would be those would be my my top four and a sort of yeah approximate reading order as it were yeah uh, you mentioned the need of her to to write, of course, to earn money because she's now a single mother, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. She continues with her journalism. Yeah. Strangely, she's working she... as a translator. As well, yeah, well. I didn't know that, and that was gonna—that was one of the things I wondered was whether she spoke English, and I'm guessing she obviously did, seeing as she oh, translated yeah. Oscar Wilde, Edgar Allan Poe, and Agatha Christie, among yeah. others, which has been really interesting. Yeah, um she did, she did live in both england and america she lived she lived in the true States. true true yeah she would have done of course yeah um but you know she turns to translation because she loses her job as a journalist mm. so, which is which is a shame yeah. uh you mentioned the last book uh the hour of the star and yeah. it is 
published in the year of her death, and that's 1977. So yes. we can already see she's born 1920, dies 1977. She's too young. Too young. And yeah. why does she die? Ovarian cancer. Yeah. You know, which is one of the, you know, one of those things that carries women off early, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And what a loss. And you do wonder what else, you know, she could have produced if she'd lived longer. There's a, a book that pub- was published posthumously, a, a Breath of Life. Um, it It's a bit patchy, apparently, because she hadn't had a chance to, you know, do the work that she would have done on it before before publication. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, sadly, sadly cut short yeah well it surprised um, me I, I i don't know whether it's just something of the time but when they said that you know she she was actually taken to hospital she was diagnosed with this uh inoperable disease but she wasn't told about it no, no. but if you bear in mind that she was living with chronic pain hmm. um i suspect that you know it was it it was very much in its latter stages by the time it yeah. was identified, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's not it's perhaps not as surprising as it appears. Yeah, yeah. And then lastly, she's actually buried in a Jewish cemetery. So I don't know what that means. Whether it's a cultural Jewish thing or whether in the last moments she got a bit religious, we don't know. Or, or at her sister's choice, you know. Could be, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Being buried is about what your family needs. You're That's dead. True. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. She wouldn't have cared. And yeah. for all we know, her sisters may well have married good Jewish boys like the father wanted as well. Mm. So they might have been. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Indeed. I don't know. So there we have it. Uh, yes. And, and, and what an interesting woman. And a woman who, uh, where you're saying, oh, you know, might she have wanted to do it. She was someone that always rejected labels. Mm-hmm. You know, so she rejected the label Jewish, not in a anti-Jewish way, but you know, she just didn't want to be defined by that. She, she, you know, I consider her a very feminist writer, but she said she she rejected that label too. You know, whatever label you want to hang hang on up her, her her in her lifetime, certainly she pushed it away. Yeah, yeah. such as uh, Marlene Dietrich and Virginia Woolf, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, she she uh, she. And I think that's fair because I think, you know, she's very much one of a kind. Yeah. She had her political side. She 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 did oppose, you know, when the the Brazilian sort of government was becoming more and more of an oppressive military mm-hmm. dictatorship. She did speak up about that. And her and the last her last published book, you know, published in her lifetime, um uh The Hour of the Star is probably her most political. Um, you know, in the it is exploring the lives of uh sort of the lower uh, the lower classes and you know that sort of social and economic oppression and combined with the patriarchy you know so um which is why i'd say it's, it, you know it's probably it's not a bad one to start with and apparently brazilian school children um uh, that's the one that is sort of on their on their syllabus oh, okay uh-huh. yeah, so the most brazilians know you know they, they they do that one at school <laughs> yeah i mean she's she's obviously very well thought of there i mean as i did notice you can see a nice uh, picture of a statue of her on, yes. online at yeah at the uh, copacabana beach uh, and it's interesting because there's a dog sitting next to her looking up and i i did wonder if if it's if it's her her dog or not but uh, i wasn't oh. able to find out so yeah, so no. yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting, you know, because I, I, I say I knew nothing about her. I haven't, you know, read only three, three first stories in, in the collection of stories. Uh, what, what did you make of them? Different. You know, yeah. I can't say it's very difficult because I think because they're, I think this her complete stories. So it wasn't it was a mistake on my part, probably to read the first three because they're the first yeah. three she wrote. Yeah. Um, and well, while, almost, almost her juvenilia, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, good. Uh, you know, I wasn't, of course, blown away. But then, yeah. you know, I, I will, I will try uh, one of the two you mentioned uh, because, you know, she, she is, is an interesting character, and I think, mm. yeah, deserves, deserves to be given the chance 
in my in my reading uh, <laughs> in my TBR, you know, pop her in there. <laughs> yeah, but she is, uh, you know, I'm absolutely passionate about her, and and I think people who read her and love her are passionate about her. You know, I did, she's not a uh, she's not an author that people are sort of neutral about. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I think you would either start reading one of her books and toss it across the room, or become, you know, besotted. Mm. Um, you know, she has this sort of dangerous glamour almost uh, there's a lovely there's a lovely quote that one of her friends said about her writing i must i must must find it um give me a moment to find it and you have mm -hmm. to cut the cut the moment when i'm searching for it ah yeah um one of her friends was was talking to someone who was going to read one of her books and said it's not literature it's witchcraft <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's fair. So I'm cautious about who I recommend her to. It, she's not a writer that I would say, you, you know, you know, when you say, oh, anyone could enjoy this or, you know, do read this. There's something in it for everybody. No, I, you know, it, she she's um, a writer. I would say, yeah, I'm going to be all pretentious. She's a writer for connoisseurs. There you go. Oh, there you go. There you go. And has she, you know, just just before we finish up, has she left? A legacy, do you know, on the Brazil literary scene? Are there people who follow her new style, as it were, or how 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 did she leave uh, Brazilian literature? Uh, that's really interesting. Uh, um, yes, in that Brazil does have, and I, I should have like looked up a few names because I'm no good at keeping names in my Don't head. Worry about but, it. You know, we and we do that, but Brazil has some really striking women writers um of 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 fiction and i think that you could say no it's not that other people seek to write like Lispector because nobody mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. but she she gives writers permission mm -hmm. to write in their own unique voice um and way hill hilda hilst would hilda be hilda. An, mm -hmm. hilda hilst would be an example of um a writer who is um uh i don't love her in the way that i love Lispector, but she is the sort of author that that brazil has produced because there's a sort of uh, Lispector helped establish a, a sort of tradition of, of perhaps um for experimental literature in brazil. wonderful there we go so ros thank you so very much for joining me on this and uh, coming on this journey through Lespector's uh, life and works. I uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh, very much so. Thank you for having me, Mark. And I, I, I'm always happy to have an opportunity to infuse about an author that I love as much as Lespector. Wonderful. All right. Thanks, Roz. And there we have it. What a wonderful conversation that was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I thoroughly enjoyed learning about an author I knew very little about and will certainly be tempted to look into in the future. So once again, I'd like to thank Roz for coming on and talking about Clarice Lispector. And please, as I say, do check out her channel. All relevant information is included in the show notes. And I want to thank you for listening. It's much appreciated. Do take care, everybody. Until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>